Our high school guidance counselor used to ask us what you would do if you had a million dollars. Didn't have to work. And then invariably, whatever you'd say, that was supposed to be your career. So if you wanted to fix old cars, then you're supposed to be an auto mechanic. So what did you say? I never had an answer. I guess that's why I'm working at Inatech. No, you're working at Inatech because that question is bull to begin with. If everyone listened to her, there'd be no janitors because no one would clean up if they had a million dollars. If I had a million dollars. If I had a million dollars. Talking about millions of dollars. What would you do if you had a million dollars? I'll tell you what I'd do, man. Two chicks at the same time, man. We're living in a material world and I am a material girl. Or boy. Well, what about you now? What would you do? Besides two chicks at the same time? Well, yeah. Nothing. Nothing, huh? I would relax. I would sit on my ass all day. I would do nothing. Well, you don't need a million dollars to do nothing, man. Take a look at my cousin. He's broke, don't do If I had a million dollars, if I had a million dollars, well, I'd buy... Glowing up, Big and Jacks. I'm Tom Andrew on the board. S&P Futures. Let me get the S&P Futures. We're looking at something else here. Imagine that, me looking at something else. The, uh, we're up a little bit here. That much I know. We are up eight bucks. It has that futures up thirty-six, down thirty-seven. So we slipped a little yesterday for the second day in a row. So can't can't go three days. We know we know that. Um, do we have Mr. Kevin? Looks like it'll be just a minute till he gets on here. Oh, he's connecting right now. He's connecting right now. I love it when he's connecting because we're we're usually a little later on a Wednesday. We're actually much pretty much on time today. He's shocked and appalled. So I guess so. The uh, yesterday we were just a re- quick review. Um, yesterday we were down 79 in the Dow, 2 in the S&P. We are actually up 44 in the NASDAQ, so it was a very, very slow inside day. So, wherever that puts you, uh, just let me know whenever we, we get him. Uh, interesting. Uh, He's in right now. Yeah, I'm here. I hear you're here. I was I, allowed in. You were allowed in? Well, that's good. You know, you never know what this Andrew dude, you know. Troublemaker. All trouble. All trouble. He's kind of one of those guys that, uh, he's in the, you know, the, Performing arts voiceover kind of guy. He's not a welder, you know, so you don't really trust him. Well, he was bowling the other night. He says, "Very blue collar of him." Yeah, well, <laughs> as it first, what? everybody bowls. Every, every, uh, uh, all over the uh, the economic scale, people go bowling. Um, yes, it's it's just a matter of whether you have a bowling alley in your home or not. Although this is kind of weird. I said, I hope you didn't like use a pink ball. Because they were the only ones that were heavier. What is this saying about the world, Kevin? It means the world just doesn't understand. I know, I just don't, don't quite get it. Uh, anyhow, uh, hey, uh, our, 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 man, our man Mr. Flanagan is becoming uh, even more conspiratorial than me, which I didn't, I didn't know after years of having Wayne Madsen on the show, and I'm probably trying to get him back some, uh, I've gotten kind of conspiratorial because I see the same movie over and over again, it seems. But just as I was trying to talk him down to being so conspiratorial, I get this thing again. I don't know why I keep... Well, Audrey sent me this. Um, this has this has ramifications for me on a million different levels, Kevin. Uh, evidently, two U.S. law professors... Uh, again, this is from the guys... The guy wrote this thing. is a guy named Bill Pan. I don't know who the hell Bill Pan is, but... Uh, anyway, he evidently two U.S. law professors, a guy named Robert Jackson Jr. of New York University and Joshua Mitz of Columbia University, so both in the in New York, 
um, have identified a sharp and unusual spike in trading in risky short-dated options and Israeli companies in the days leading up to the deadly Hamas invasion of Israel. A lot of short sellers, a lot of people buying short-term, essentially short-term puts. Uh, shades of 9-11, eh? <laughs> it sounds like it. You know, do do you, uh, is it easily dismissed as as just a coincidence? Do you believe in coincidences, Gibbs? Yeah. I just, uh, but it, it brings up to me on, on virtually every level, how many, I have to assume, the Israelis are just as anal as we are, with a gazillion regulators all over the place trying to fight yesterday's news. And, and not looking forward at all. God knows what they do all day, except pester firms like us. Uh, where were the Israeli regulators? Why? Why? How did two guys in New York get this information <clears throat> and and publish this? And the Israeli regulators are silent on it. Or for that matter, uh, our regulators. But I, but it, it, I'll I'll say this at this point. Uh, it's a good question, but I would say, uh, you know, we, we probably should wonder if there was anything going on behind the scenes, because I don't know how they operate there, um, and I suppose it's conceivable that they were on top of it, or have been on top of it, and uh, and, and there is some investigation going on that's just not publicly announced. So, I'll give them that for now. Um, if you're going to catch people, you have to catch them before the money leaves the account. Well, yeah. And every trade is traceable. They still, the regulators are calling uh, Dr. J's group back in 2001. Um, they uh, noticed there were those trades in like United Airlines and stuff. The regulators were calling him. How did you find out about this? Well, how the hell did John have a system? And they still claim <clears throat> to the day when they started being asked on TV that they couldn't trace the trades. You can trace every single trade. Every trade comes from somewhere. The money ends up someplace, and whoever pays for it enters a system someplace at a brokerage firm somewhere. I mean, it, it, that it, I mean, people say you can't trace crypto. You always say that you can. It's a hell of a lot easier to to to, to, uh, to trace a, a stock or option trade than it is crypto. I mean, let me tell you. Oh, I, I I don't know that that's true, but it, it yeah, but regardless, um, that what makes it difficult is that you have different systems um, and different brokers who each have their own systems and so to piece it together it's very doable it's just uh, not necessarily easy and it probably requires a subpoena for each one um, I don't think <clears throat> I don't think the uh, SEC needs a subpoena Well, they may not need one for the exchanges, Tom, but if they need stuff for individual brokers, they may, may very well need a subpoena. Um, overseas, maybe, but just to to let everybody give me a 30-second walkthrough, because that's how simple it is. Um, everybody, I'll go back to my days on the CBOE trading floor, and nothing much has changed since then. Everybody on the floor, be it a broker, be it a market maker, had an acronym, and there was a house, a place you cleared through. It was called your house. So I cleared first options, um, 
somebody else might have cleared uh, Bear, uh, Bear Stearns had a couple market makers, but there was, you know, there was other firms. There was Goldberg, there was, you know, but the, your main firms, there was the Merrill Lynch broker, there was the Schwab broker, or many of them. So whenever you did a trade, if I did a trade with Jimmy Boyle, who was the Schwab broker representing a Schwab retail client, God, what the hell is his acronym? I forgot, that's so long ago. But he would have his three-word ac- acronym, three-letter acronym that I traded with Jimmy Boyle, and then on the bottom I'd put Charles Schwab, or they had a number. They'd put CS, and we knew it was Schwab or whatever number they were, which I forget, 20 years ago. And, and so everybody knew that, that that trade was brought to the floor because Schwab was a member, and Schwab is rep- representing a client. On the bottom of that ticket was the client's account number. So it would go to somebody's account, and if if I bought something from them, that money that night would go from first options to Schwab from my account to that guy's account. This is as simple as it gets, Kevin. Yeah, you had a good audit trail. And and you still have it today. There's no way somebody opens up an account at PTI without us, without us knowing who the hell he is, his money's in the account, and if he does a trade and he buys a bunch of options, United Airlines the day before, whatever, if somebody says... Hey, who the hell bought all those United options? We look right there, and there they are. And there he is, and where does money go? It has to go to his bank or a check to his house. This is about as easy as it gets. Now, he could he could flip through another firm. Are you, are you legally required to answer that question? Oh, God, yeah. Why? Why? I don't, you know, it's more of a Dan question. He's a regulated guy. If somebody if somebody wants to know it, you should always have to you know if if somebody I'm assuming it's government if somebody in government wants to see uh, financial records of somebody there should be a subpoena behind it. I uh, I don't know how easy see they're the same records we have okay because we don't we're not a, we're not a member of all exchanges ourselves we we clear through uh, World Bank of Canada or interactive brokers we have two clearing arrangements those guys have all the all the uh, data on everybody anyway so um yeah, still i mean I'm, I'm not i'm not if the government wants it from rbc then they should have to i go. think that they could get that subpoena in a, in a new york second all right cool and once they have it that's fine you know i you know what i i actually you know kevin i should know this i'll ask my brother i, I don't know what would happen if the sec walked in today and said let me see kevin o'neill's accountant and transaction history my, my guess is they'll go right to the They'll go to the clearing firm before they will us. Yeah, then they'll laugh. I, I, I think I think they get it real quick. Especially if a, a building went down. Oh, then then it, yeah, then it would be Patriot Act, and they'd get they'd get. Yeah, run, run I mean, I, you know, I, I'm just saying it's the idea that we can't find these guys. <laughs> Such BS. Oh, of course, <laughs> of, of course, you can find them. It, it's it's again somebody somebody has to know what. Uh, it, they they have to ask and they have to know to ask for the right things. But here's what options clear the next day or one day clearing, right? Stock is still three day clearing. All right. So if if somebody noticed, I forget what day those guys attacked. Was it a Sunday? Saturday? I'm not sure. Uh, <clears throat> if if somebody noticed what, the day, uh, what the trade center attacks? No, the ones in a in a Israel. If, oh, or yeah. the Trade Center. I'm, I'm, I think, actually, I think, Kevin. That trade Center was a Monday. I think in uh, Trade Center attacks, I, boy, oh boy, where's my bro when I need him? I think it, in 2001, the stock didn't settle for five days. It went from five to three, somewhere in that area. 
Anyway, if somebody had noticed the day before, the money would not even have left the firm yet. The firm wouldn't have gotten the money yet. So I'm saying this is, if, if these guys can't do this, they're as lame as, as, what are they doing there? I mean, what do we do? What is this mass group of people that are, quote, regulators? Is, and if you, uh, I forget what movie it was in or was the show itself when uh, Dr. McCoy said to somebody, the bureaucratic mind has been a constant through the ages. That's funny. Yeah. It, yeah, but here, so here's here's the, I, I'm, you know, I'm just doing a little uh, um, conversation here. I, I don't know what the right answers are. The question is, how you know, do you want... Do you want them, you know, some oversight that looks for trends and and so on in the markets? Yeah, I'm sure you do. To how how granular should they be able to even watch um, me as a trader? You know, at what point does it become the government's business, and at what point is it none of their business? Because you know, you know, almost what you're describing is that they're watching every single trade and. I'm sorry, what I do is, it's just like when they want to go to a fully electronic currency built on on a blockchain, all of a sudden the Federal Reserve has a complete look at every single transaction I have. Can they do that now? Yes. Yeah. But it has to be cobbled together, much like the uh, congressional committee that's looking into the Biden family. They have to cobble it together, and they have to have subpoenas for each set of records. That's a bank-by-bank basis. That's also um, an exchange by exchange, a broker by broker. Uh, all of and and you know if they want to know my credit card transactions, and they have to go to the credit card company, and and it has to be cobbled together. They you know Big Brother can't just sit there and watch me. They I'm sure they do more than I'm willing to admit, but uh, but the the point is that you know where where we want, where do we want that line drawn? That's that's your policy question. Well, I guess it's more than that because there are trades, and again, I, I'm not on the regulatory side. My brother knows all this stuff, but some of the stuff I do, and I'm, I'm not exactly Goldman Sachs, right? Uh, so say, for instance, I have 10 clients that want to do a, um, earnings plays, and, I've, and I identify an earnings play where, uh, you know, straddles X and the time spread is uh, 5 cents. So... I may have say I have ten people that say, "Look, every time you do one of these things, I'm in for a thousand bucks or something." Okay, so if the if the spread is five cents, a uh, thousand bucks is two hundred of them. All right, now we can cut the commissions way down, so you're not paying very much. So let's not get into commission destruct, uh, discussion. But say we want in. If I have if I have ten people that are in on this thing, it's a two thousand lot trade. It. it the total the total value of the deal is ten grand for ten people, so it's no, it's 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 not a huge amount of money by, by any stretch. We're hoping to get, you know, maybe the thing expires worthless, and the next week we hang on to it, and the stock moves fifty cents, and one day we we sell it for fifty cents. We know we wait for that one day all the time, but once in a while you get a nice winner. Once in a while, and uh, so so I do this trade. I think that because I just did a. A uh, how would that be? Uh, that I just did a two thousand lot. I think we have to file a report because it's over a certain number, or a claim firm does, even though it amounts to ten thousand bucks. So how the hell if 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 I have to file a re- do something, or my clearing firm on a trade that I do it doesn't amount to 
a pimp on the ass of anybody. How is it that, that guys like this can somehow manage to evade all this stuff, Kevin? They're good at it. They're either good at it or people are told not to look at stuff or they're just not looking. Well, there, there could be elements of that. You know, we, we know that it, you know, enforcement is selective. We've, you know, how much have we seen that over the years? Well, I remember the guys from, uh, they were somewhat of a, they were an investment bank in Washington. And they, you know, they've always had a little bit of a sleazy reputation. I forget the name of it. And they were charged, we talked about this, Kevin, they were charged like, uh, was it two or three years ago for <clears throat> allowing all this money laundering and their place, all these cash transactions. It turns out that the place, the bank, was I read deeper into it, some, well, I read deeper into some article that seemed to be confirmed by another article. These guys never, never failed to file the piece of paper you have to file if somebody does cash over the 10 or 11 grand. They yeah, this, uh, CTR report. They, they, CTR they, actually stands for report, so it's, a, it's just a CTR. But they, but they never missed doing what they were supposed to do. Yet the charge against them was they somehow should have gone further and done our job because we never read the reports. They just landed on our desk. Even though we're here all day long getting a government salary, that's not what we do. That's, you're supposed to... If there was a pattern there, you're supposed to follow it up for us. Why? Well, that, uh, Tom, that, that's a good question. I don't remember, because I remember when all that came out. That was Reagan-era stuff. No, no, this was, this was two, three years ago. It was a, yeah, yeah, I understand. You know. I, I, I'm talking about when the legislation happened um, for, uh, for you know, money laundering. It was all about the war on drugs. Um, very successful. Uh, very, we very successfully waged war on drugs. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And um, so it was all about that. And, and you notice when something doesn't do any damn good, <laughs> it's not like we make it go away. Oh, no, no. We just hire more people and watch more people. That's right. Um, but uh, so I, I don't know what the legal requirement is for uh, for the banks to uh, to do that. Um, and I don't know that that's ever been challenged as um, as something you know challenged in court as something that they should have to do or, or uh, be required. You know, is is the bank required to snoop um, and uh, and report like that? Well, you know, it sounds like the answer is yes. The next question is: Is that constitutional for um, uh, for the government to require a private business to do that? And then the third question, or the third comment is, as I always say, it's a federally subsidized industry. So, uh, you know, do they have to do the uh, government's bidding, whatever that is? Because when you, you know, when you when you take money from the mafia, the mafia gets to tell you what to do. Um, did you end up seeing the, I was talking to my buddy Bill last night about the, uh, I absolutely love that uh, commercial with the portal. Yeah, it's fun. <laughs> Oh no! Our whole defense. And he goes. And he goes out, of, well, out of control. <laughs> at the uh, how many? Uh, well, we'll talk about this more after the break. We were talking a little bit yesterday about these the bowl games that aren't the the championship games. Have they morphed into a two weeks of practice? We don't even really care if the seniors are here. It's the first audition for next year's team. Yeah, it, they have. It's a, it's just like the spring game, <laughs> you know. Uh, it, it, it's of no consequence. 
Um, uh, up, until, up until yesterday, it looked like Sam Hartman was going to play for Notre Dame, but I, I read some stuff this morning where he's, uh, he may decide not to. Well, they got the end. Well, he doesn't have any ends. Whereas, whereas Oregon State's already lost their first, their top two quarterbacks. Where are they? They are transferring. Remember, uh, Oregon State doesn't have a conference anymore. They're they're still technically they will still be in the Pac-12 because they there's a, a like a two year grace period for the Pac-12 to try and recover, but it's only got two teams: Washington State and Oregon State, um, and they're they they just this week signed an agreement with the Mountain West to play uh, six Mountain West games each. Um, so they'll, they're starting to rebuild their schedule. Um, but um, but they, had, they actually had to pay for that. Uh, they had to pay the conference for that agreement. And then, you know, there's even discussion that they will play each other twice uh, over the course of the season, a home-and-home home with each other. I don't understand how the uh, there's no... Everybody can bail on the... And the uh, Pac-10 that quickly. I mean, I don't, I don't know how the charter was written, obviously, but yeah, that, that's exactly it. Is what was written into the uh, um, into the uh, agreement when people joined the conference eighty years ago. Well, no, most of this stuff gets renewed. It gets tied in with you know television revenue and things like that. So, uh, so for instance, to leave the ACC, this is why you know Florida State has you know been interested in moving on forever. But to leave the ACC, um, the the most difficult thing is the grant of rights agreement, where Florida State can leave, but their their uh, media rights uh, are are the ACC's. Florida State won't get paid anything, but the ACC will have the rights to broadcast any of their uh, home games as part of their television package. But how does how does uh, Oregon? And, and and that means that means the SEC, for example. Would not be able to um, uh, would not be able to control broadcast rights for games in Tallahassee, even if if Florida State were in their conference. Well, how does Oregon essentially cancel the game against Oregon State next year without any sort of a payment? Oh, there usually is a payment involved in that. So these guys are paying to get out of the Pac-10. Uh, yeah, to some extent. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how much. I have paid no attention whatsoever to what their agreement is. I would. Uh, I don't need another job, but I would love to be on the board of one of these schools that are leaving and want to know just just how much analysis went into this move. I, mean, I guess if you're the last team, if you're Stanford, there's not much analysis because you're, you're not anybody. There's nobody left, but still, there's some analysis. So Stanford is going to the ACC. So it is. That's what I'm saying. They're, they're going to have to rename that conference. Well, yeah, when what. And, and what is the, what is going to be a hit on Stanford's budget? I still think that a, a lot of teams are going to are going to blow up football with this stuff, Kevin. I really do. I mean, I don't know. Well, it, yeah, I, th- I think that could happen. But football's the the least of their worries from a budgetary standpoint. That's exactly my point. You know, what their budget uh, uh, point of view is going to be is uh, is everything else. And you know, we'll see. Um, I I would sort of expect the conferences to do a lot more regionalizing with their non revenue sports. I mean, I would, I, I, for me, the the Pac-10. This is this goes back to Rick Tellender, for God's sake. We go to break here in a second. I would say the Pac-10, if it all comes down to uh, TV rights and being able to By fill way, up it's the, been the Pac-12 for years. Okay, whatever. Uh, okay, the Pac-12, and and they they do this. I don't see how it. it, it 
the swimming teams, the volleyball teams, all those things that are that those conferences excel in, essentially all the Olympic sports. I don't know why you, that's the conference of champions, is according yeah, to Walt. I don't, I don't know. I don't know why you you blow all that up just for football in this transitional stage. Because I I don't know where football lands five years from now. It might land where there's only there might be only thirty teams that want any part of it. Paying everybody, paying this, paying that. It's totally professional. I bet Stanford ends up not doing that for football within the next decade. Then where are they? Well, I mean, they're not the ones that decide Great to leave. Because the, so the the question is, what will be the impact on Stanford baseball? Yeah. Uh, for example, I mean, I this whole idea that now what was the ruling yesterday that the NCAA says that the schools can now now pay NIL. Wasn't that the thing that came out last night when I was sitting there with Bill in the Tripoli? Yeah, I was. I was at the uh, basketball game, so I have to take a look at that. I haven't. Re- I haven't. I, I just saw the headline. Um, who, they were playing who? Joe's Joe's Slippery Rock Bandits last night, or what? Uh, Western Michigan, Mid America Conference team. Oh, I thought they were, that's not what I saw on the. That's not what was on the uh, Google. They didn't play James Watson or somebody. Who the hell is that? Um. I, I, you, you know might, you James Madison might have been James, whatever James somebody something. But James Madison beat um, Michigan State earlier this year. So. Oh yeah. All right. SP futures keep that, up. Keep that in mind. Yeah, it's SP futures up up six. As if futures up twenty. We're trying to rally here today. Again, we were only down a little hair yesterday. And uh, Apple is up four bucks. Apple has now become the second three trillion dollar company. Kevin, when we come back from break, let's. Uh, I think you listened in yesterday. Let's talk a little bit, just a little bit, because I want to talk more about Russell about that uh, Stockman article and what it actually means in terms of uh, up- uppers and downers in this country. Me me and the rest of us probably being relative downers compared to the few that are uppers, but we'll be right back. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to gauge the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other decision. And Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with relevant trade ideas, and equips you with cutting-edge tactics you don't already know. Luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on pursuing life, luxury, and happiness through sports, fitness, travel, food, spirits, music, and a whole lot more. Smart investors don't bet on possibilities, they play the probabilities. Luckbox is $7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Is your business being challenged by the complexities surrounding healthcare reform or other matters related to human resources management? If so, then Cognos HR can help. A longtime friend and contributor to the Stocks and Jocks radio program, Cognos HR provides its clients with a perfect blend of strategic consulting and day-to-day HR management to drive overall improvement in business performance. Companies that join the Cognos HR family are better able to manage healthcare costs, enhance benefit offerings, and improve employee satisfaction by leveraging our access to Fortune 500 benefits. Our innovative onboarding and payroll technology, along with our constant attention to detail, enables us to provide the highest level of quality service to our clients. Now, your time and energy can be focused on generating business and increasing your bottom line. We'll take care of the rest. For more information, call us at 630 401 
888-888-8810 or search us on the web at CognosHR.com. Cognos HR, innovation and human resources. Licensed in Illinois and Arizona. Hello, this is Tom Howell, the Chief. Confused about investing these days? I suspect you are not alone. Investing was never easy, although at times it may have seemed so. I think one reason behind the current concern, although maybe not explained as such, is how the fluctuation in the American dollar and the associated politics is affecting your investments and your wealth. It may not be enough to make some money in your investments. You may need now to make enough to exceed the amount that your leadership is depreciating the value of the dollars you've worked your whole life to accumulate. That same leadership has seen fit to maneuver risk-free interest rates to near zero. Providing positive risk-averse returns in a zero-interest and declining real-wealth environment is by far the toughest assignment I've ever had in my years as a money manager. I'm sure that a lot of you have heard that one way to possibly deal with this problem is to invest in so-called hard currencies like silver and gold, the idea being that they will retain their relative value in the face of devaluation of paper currencies like the dollar. To be honest, I have never been a gold bug. I've always had faith that having enough dollars and a good investment strategy was good enough. Now I'm not so sure. But I do know that if I did invest in gold or silver, I'd want to do it in the same manner as we do with PTI for investments in the market, with defined risk. If you feel the need to invest in gold or silver, we can do it using the same strategies that we use for our protected index program. No matter what you invest in, we feel that you need to know and control your risk. Find us at PTISecurities.com. That's PTISecurities.com. Stocks, jocks, stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Here, right now. Right here, right now, right now. Hello and welcome back to Stocks and Jacks. I'm Tom Howley, Andrew on the board. SP futures up 7, NASDAQ futures up 25, Dow futures up 30, individual stocks in the Dow that I can see here. Nothing uh, nothing crazy. Yesterday was, was like the complete spin of Friday. Friday, the market was up with all the, the top seven stocks down yesterday the market was unchanged with all the seven stocks up and one of those stocks was apple it was up it's now i believe an all-time high at 193 and it's worth three trillion dollars i don't even know what three trillion dollars means so I mean, it's kind of a pile of if you had a pile of ones would it make it to the moon i don't know it might over in europe we've got the dax up 52.3 percent FTSE up 35.5 percent cac around up 34.7 percent um Germany's DAX, record high. There you go. Um, I think money's coming back in the system. Uh, we're seeing a re... Well, we'll talk about that after the break. Or after the traffic weather sports. Nikkei up 670, not even down all week. That's 2%, big bounce. Hang Seng, a little bit of a bounce. Well, up 135, but still 16,463. These Chinese stocks have just getting, been getting annihilated here. Shanghai down 3, but so they're still under 3,000, 2,968. Um, Asian markets have rebounded, but the Chinese markets have not. Uh, U.S. yesterday, we already said, Dow down 79, S&P down 2, NASDAQ up 44. Uh, bonds, we have 10-year uh, up 2 basis points, 4.20. Still a long way from that 5% everybody's all worried about. Uh, the bond up 1, per- 1 basis point, 225. Japan down 3 basis points, 0.65. Oil down 67 cents still. 71.65, so going nowhere. Everybody keeps saying oil's going to take off. It has not yet. Uh, Brent down 71 cents, 76.49. Natural gas up a penny, 2.72. Arbob down 2 cents, 2.08. Uh, the headline here is oil slips as markets weigh OPEC cuts against Chinese demand concerns, meaning no demand. Uh, gold up 4 bucks, 2,040. Gold's had the wild ride uh, Sunday night and Monday morning, but since then it's been kind of right in the middle of the 2000s where it's been for a while. Silver down nine cents, 24.45. Again, was a sell over 45, uh, 25. Sorry, copper up two cents, 381. 
We got Bitcoin, which has been a big mover up 357, 44,020. We're going to make stocks worth 3 billion, 3 trillion. You might as well have nothing worth something. You know, why not?、Uh, Euro、uh, is up a little bit, is down a little bit, so the dollar is up slightly here. But the Euro is at 1077, the lowest we've seen that in a while. And the British pound is 1257. It got up to maybe 127, 8, somewhere in there. So the dollar has strengthened a little bit. Which is what's caused gold to have、uh, some problems here. Andrew, too much stuff there. What do you got for us, Travis Weather Sports? All right, it is Wednesday, December 6th, currently at 6 40 here in Chicago.、Uh, starting off with a little bit of sports against some hockey.、Uh, specifically, the Blackhawks lost to the Predators yesterday. That game ended 4 3. But over to Chicago weather, it is currently 25 degrees right now.、Uh, we have clear skies, and we're going to have a high but 41, and that temperature is going to ramp up、uh, throughout every hour of the day. Uh, and over in Phoenix, they're currently at 52 degrees. They got clear skies. And they、uh, are going to have a high about 82. That's going to hit around 3 p.m. Now, finally, for Chicago traffic,、uh, we have、uh, pretty light traffic so far, but things are building on the inbound、uh, Kennedy, Eisenhower, and the excuse me, Stevenson.、Uh, and it looks like we have、uh, slow traffic on the exit ramp specifically.、Uh, that is the, on the Stevenson north before I 94. Uh, a little bit of stop and go traffic there. Other than that, looks about business as usual, so nothing too major to report. That's all I got. Back to you, Chief. Well, I have a traffic report from last night. Kevin, I had my, my jalopy was in the Southside shop, so I, I head down there and get on the train, my, which is educational, by the way, because you can see all the open spaces there are in the city when we keep fighting about a plot of land to put some people in a, in a tent city or permanent tent city when the entire Southside is like empty. But, you know, that's for either, neither here nor there. Another discussion. So, the Kennedy, which of course we never have anybody working on it, this is a three year project. Well, now we have,、uh, it's supposed to be done in November. Of course, it's not. You know, so you absolutely can't get anywhere at night going north. You're, you're so lucky you're not here these days. So, last night I make it all the way back from the south side in almost like, I'll say, record time. I get downtown. I get, I get to the loop at,、um, I'm going to say,、uh, 5.40. I make it to my house 6.40. It was an hour downtown to, to the division exit. How's that for? There's, there, it, the whole downtown is designed when they did the burn interchange to essentially at rush hour to have six lanes going north. Well, there aren't. There's only four in the Kennedy now. So, this, the whole group downtown, the whole merging that was supposed to not have to merge now has to merge. And I don't, is there any penalty? These guys are now, they're now six days late. Don't look like they're starting anytime soon. Was, they never work two shifts. I think they maybe work weekends once in a while. But what are we doing, Kevin? Are, are we incompetent on every level of everything? Pretty,、uh, pretty much. So,、uh, you know, I've got two things. One is that every time my.、Uh, I'm in Chicago. I wind up shaking my head and saying, How do you people live like this?、Um, and, you know, this is someone who lived there a long time.、Um, and、uh, second, just I, I do want to embellish the、uh, Blackhawks thing a little bit. They lost in a shootout last night. It was a really good game. I got, you know, I was home and watching some of that. It was a,、uh, you know, it was three to three after overtime, but,、uh, but a really, really good game for a、uh, young Blackhawks team. So, No shame. They got a point out of it, and, uh, uh, and lo- but they lost in the shootout. Anyway, keep going. Well, they're young, but are they any good? 
Uh, I think they have, um, uh, oh, probably about a half a team of talented players. How do you get the other half? Well, you got to keep, you know, bringing up your guys from the minor leagues, assuming they've been drafting well in the uh, recent years, um, and uh, you know, and and then they're going to have to bring in some players, but. They do have that uh, that marquee player now, who is uh, you know where others are going to say, "I want to play with that guy." So he's that, he, he appears like he's that good. I haven't really watched him. Oh yeah, he, he is that good. Just a just a court awareness kind of guy. Knows where he is. Knows where everybody is. Is it vision? Is it? I mean, he's not that big of a guy. I mean, it has to be like the vision and the passing ability that most people don't have. I think so. I think that's probably a fair way to put it. What, um, yeah, you listened in at, at, at nauseum. I'm going to go uh, talk a little bit more about it with Russell. What did you think of the discussions the last couple of days regarding this uh, uh, David Stockman thing? Um, I, it, it's, it's almost eerie. And I, again, I do not want to fall into the trap that when, because uh, somebody writes something where he sort of agrees with you that. <laughs> that, it, that, all, that, it, that it becomes gospel and it's a great article, but I, I, he did a lot of research there that I was not able to do in terms of the actual uh, uh, these economic numbers, because I mean the guy was... Backing up with data basically is what you're saying. Um, more data than I have. More, more data than I can spend time to put together. In other words, I, I never saw I was, uh, my brother Dan gave me a ride in my truck last night and you can always talk economic stuff with him he knows it pretty well and uh, in addition to being a president of PTI Securities, and I said, Dan, I was really surprised. I, 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 we've talked about everybody on the show. We always talk about the uh, the uh, median income number. And well, I'm, I'll get to here. I'll, I'll pull it up on uh, that debt clock thing. And when everybody says the median income for an individual is like thirty six, thirty seven, right? I always thought that was a little light, especially the last couple of years. The point is, it hasn't gone up much since two thousand. I mean, that really is the point. Uh, well, anyway, I, I thought it was a little higher, and and so Stockman has it at at forty thousand, which is kind of where these guys. I'm looking at debt clock. They got it at thirty six one. They've got it at thirty two one in two thousand, and that's for some reason, Kevin. That, that's the date I think economic policy in this country changed two thousand, and I, I don't know why. And it doesn't really matter who's president. It doesn't matter who's whether it's Biden or Trump. You know, doing their garbage. Uh, it's it, it, somebody somewhere has put us on this track, and we've been on it re- religiously now for 23 years, and we're going right back to it. After the COVID stuff, we're going right back to it. And that sounds like your research project is who was uh, coming to prominence in in government, especially. And I'm not just saying elected government. I'm uh, I'm saying uh, who was coming to prominence in. Um, uh, uh, bureaucrat in the bureaucracy at that point, because that'll probably tell you. Well, some pile, some place, and I, and I, I don't want to take this further than I ought to go. But to me, this this is and tell me I'm a goofball here. This is incredibly obvious that for 23 years, the role of the Federal Reserve has been to separate the classes and to have the people with money make so much money that they don't even know that it's money. And people on the bottom are, are adding stuff up in their, in their grocery cart, and that's exactly what this has done. I mean, you—it's—it's it's an attitude thing, Kevin. It's, it's not just—it's not just the money. It's—it's the—the attitude that for some people, like the lady who bought into Cuban's team, 
hey, I sold some overvalued stock for $2 billion and I bought a basketball team. What's the difference? $2 billion? Come on. It's, it's, it's trading monopoly money versus people I know scrounging around for a pickup truck, you know, uh, that runs. It's, it's, we're, we're, we've totally separated, not just the wealth, we, we, we've separated the mentality. Or, or am, I, am I taking too much out of this? No, you're probably, I, I don't think you are. Um, the Cuban one is, is kind of an interesting situation in that all he's really doing, uh, because he, his, agree, his sales agreement allows him to run the team still, um, and and he had a partnership with uh, I forget the the woman's name, but they they own uh, you know some casinos in Las Vegas. This they is like there. it's like a Reinsdorf deal, right? Um, it, it is in a way. Um, I I don't know if he's officially designated managing general partner uh, like Reinsdorf, um, but what Cuban's trying to do is he wants to build a stadium with an entertainment district all around it. He wants to be the real estate developer for that. And um, uh, so he's, um, you know, he, he's just trying to pull some money out of the Mavericks so that he can do it. Okay. So, th- I mean, that all, all he's done is just restructure his partnership agreement with, uh, um, you know, with an existing partner and uh, made her the majority owner, her and her family the majority owners, and he's, you know, he's still involved. So... I don't know that that's. I, I, I just bring that up because I don't know that that's an example of anything typical. It might be, but uh, so all the money's gonna be made around the team now, and not with the team. So this lady's gonna get yeah, stiff. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, so you know, and, and, and I I get that. I it might be uh, it might be a big boondoggle. It might be downright visionary. I you know I don't know what to make of it. Um, well, here's one of the things that I. I I was telling Dan, of course, I get off on topics, but is if you pick this number, say it's 40 grand. These guys got it at 36. I'm going to say I think the 40 is probably better, or uh, especially since there's been a lot of strikes and there's been a lot of wage increases in the last couple of years we've all seen. But I, I'd never seen the number, and I don't know why I never even thought of it, Kevin. I had never seen, uh, I'll go through, you know, George Carlin. Imagine how, how, imagine, think of how stupid the average person is and the, and half the people are stupider than that, or something, something like. Well, I, I never thought of pick the number forty because it's easy. I never thought to think of what about the bottom half, under the under the forty, or even the over the forty, which he doesn't mention. But nobody I don't care about that as much. I would have guessed if you would have said, put a gun to my head and say, what is the median income of the bottom fifty percent? I don't know why, Kevin, but I would have thought there's a real lot of people. That are jumbled up around the thirty thirty five number. I still cannot get my hands around about how many people are only working part time because that's just not our generation. Um, I would have guessed <clears throat> the, the median of the bottom fifty percent to have been twenty nine to thirty one, and I'd have been so far off. It's seventeen nine. It's it's less than half of the forty. I would I would never have guessed that. Yeah, and then from there you got to start stratifying. So how much? How many of those are second jobs in a family? Um, how many of those are, uh, are are students? And how many of those? You know, I mean, you you can sort of go down the list. How many of them are second jobs for an individual, let alone second jobs for a family? And then once you get done with all of that, then you're really saying, okay, who's trying to live at that at that level? Um, and that that's an interesting question. Well, that's what he. He brought up the number of seventeen nine for an individual 
I guess the, the poverty line for an individual is uh, fourteen five. For a family of four, it's like twenty five. So it's way below the poverty line of a family of four. But I see. I, I still yeah, so that, no, that, and that, that's why I asked it. I think there's more questions to to ask and answer um, related to that. And you know, again, I'm not not disputing his numbers. I, I'm just saying it's it, you know you, you sort of have to get it boil it down to who is really reliant on that money for family income and who is who is doing it for supplemental. Well, uh, let's. I, I think they're both important, and I think you know it, it doesn't negate the point, even even a little. Um, it, it, it's just it, you know, it, uh, I, I don't want to stop at just that number and say, see, I, I that, that, you know, we've got half of the population trying to get by on that much money. I'm uh, giving I you. I think that's true. I'm giving you every opportunity in the world here to take a huge shot at, at my my lack of thought on this because I'm kicking myself in the ass basically because. Everything you bring up, I should have known. I I still have this, you know. We're growing up in the in the in the sixties and seventies mentality that most people work forty hours. I mean, I, I know that the part time thing is hitting us. I know people have a second job. I know it. Plus, you tell me about it because you're closer to it. And, and by the way, I listen to you. Um, I still am stunned that the number went from forty to seventeen nine. I, if if it went to twenty six and you just said what you said, I'd I'd say okay, I was wrong, but I wasn't that wrong. Now I'm looking at this and I'm going, I have no idea the depth and the or the width the width and the depth of where, how this bottom half is hanging out in terms of it's a second job, it's a part time job, it's people are trying to go to school. I I just I guess I'm just stunned, Kevin. What what small small percentage in my mind now are actually doing a forty hour work week? Compared to our day, I guess I'm I'm I'm, I'm berating myself here is what I'm doing <laughs> on I'm the air. Want, and, and again, you know, then then we got to start taking that one apart and saying how many people are working a less than a forty hour work week because they haven't been able to get jobs that uh, uh, at, at forty or forty plus, and how many are working the forty hour work week by choice. Um, and I don't know the answer to that either, but uh, I suspect that there are sizable amounts to both sides of that. Well, we can ask somebody right here. Uh, um, Andrew, in addition to doing the show here <clears throat> a day or two a week, uh, and he's always welcome because he does a great job, um, he also does voiceovers, and he does some stuff for a theater at night. <clears throat> so, Andrew, you've got a, a part-time job at um, a fast food place. How many people there work a 40-hour week? Um, I couldn't give you a full number, but probably... Maybe like thirty percent. Um, so, like the managers, just or, or well, I was gonna say not including managers. Okay. Um, yeah, if you're talking as regular crew members, uh, maybe thirty, forty percent. But, but no, you know, not that's not a fact. You know, that, that's just my my guesstimate right there. Where's everybody else? Twenty five hours, thirty, fifteen. Uh, I would say it's a pretty big range because I'm uh, about thirty hours, um, about about twenty five to thirty. Uh, but I know some people that get like I mean they're younger because it, it's a really uh, wide range of you know going from like high school students to uh, uh, you know post grads and everything, um, and it's about it can go from like one to two days a week to about five I'd say. How many people are over? Is the thirty-two hour thing still mean something, Kevin? In terms of you got to come up with benefits and things like that, or is it is it 
Nobody uh, pays attention. I think it doesn't, but that may uh, um, that that may be tied to when the tax bill expires too. Okay. Because the tax bill eliminated the employer mandate. Well, what would you say in terms of uh, the people who are working twenty five hours are doing it at your place because that's what they want to do? If you said tomorrow I want to work forty, could you? Um. You're asking Andrew. Yeah, you're yeah. talking to me. Yep. Uh, I don't think I technically could. Um. Excuse me. Uh, because I, I, I think I could like in my case in my job I could pick up an extra shift or two. Um, we're allowed to do that. But when I first started, my uh, intentions, like when talking to my managers and everything, was I was literally saying, you know, I want to work uh, between thirty-five to forty. Um, and they were saying, you know, like wait, they can't, they just don't have really have that time to dish out. But I just feel like days end up opening up, people end up taking off, and. If you wanted to, you could like you know not not uh, officially by schedule by any means, but if you wanted to, you could end up working about forty hours a week. Okay. Um. Well, thank you. Uh, I, I'm looking here, Kevin. I, I'm, I know I'm skipping around on this uh, numbers from Stackman, but the, the, what is, what's happened is is the more you dribble money into the system and increase prices, if wages don't come with it you end up with this kind of bubble sort of thing. And I'm looking at the U.S. money supply in 2000 was $4.926 trillion. So call it call it 5 And today it's 20.6. So we've gone up a little over four times in the money supply, okay, which is the amount of money in the system, okay. Well, the, uh, the gross domestic product, where have we got that here someplace? Um... Is twenty seven seven today, and uh, and I'm going to say that in two thousand. Uh, where's where's our time indicator here? I can go back on this thing. These guys keep making this thing bigger, and God, it screws me up. Uh, twenty seven seven. Let's go back to uh, two thousand. We are at uh, at nine nine nine. So we're up three times in GDP. And we're up five times in, in money supply, four uh, four and a half times in money supply. So, basically, what you've done is drop. You you you've, it should be the same, right? And it's not. I mean, you you should increase the money supply based on the amount of growth, or the population, as Hale says, or some combination of the two. You don't just throw it out there. But if if you what you do is what we've done. Is we've had a money supply growth of five to eight percent a year for twenty-three years, not including even COVID, and we've had a growth rate of probably two. So, what you've done is you've you've constantly raised prices of stuff that are fixed assets versus other things. And you shouldn't, even though it may make sense in this country under this particular uh, policy, which we didn't figure out other than. The, the, the general rich people made the policy. I mean, I don't know who the individual rich people were to get control, but obviously it's the people with wealth's policy. Kevin, if you did a, a, a economic study, I mean, if you were, you were in a, a class at the University of Chicago, you should be able to prove, every which way with sideways, that in a, in a competitive economy, there should be no real advantage to being a lessor or a lessee. If everything is, if the policy of the government is okay, because you, why should somebody who owns a building over a twenty-year period make out 
way better than the guy who leases. Right? It shouldn't make any difference, should it? Everybody should be getting... Every, everything should drop back to a, a whatever return it should be, risk, risk-free, plus whatever the risk is on the building. Maybe, maybe the owner should get a little more than the lessee. But if, if you rent for 10 years versus buy a house, you shouldn't get screwed on it. Why should you? Unless something is inflating more or less than it should. Right? Yeah, so what becomes the advantage to home ownership? And, uh, and it is, uh, it, it is a, it's theoretically building equity, but more importantly, it is the appreciation of the home. That's right. And, and, if, and if you didn't have this artificial inflation going on, um, you, you know, I'd still rather own the place, obviously, but it, it shouldn't make any difference to you, right? Well, you know what, the only, the only time it would make difference to you is it, it becomes then a choice for how you want to live. Yes. Um, and so, you know, do I want to be responsible for my own maintenance? Well, that can be, you know, one of the questions that you have. And the other one is, do I need to be mobile? Do I want to be pinned down by a house or do I want to be able to go to work, you know, move out of town and work? Uh, on two weeks' notice or something like that. So, you know, those those should be the determining factors as to whether you want to own or rent, not uh, you know, uh, not not anything else. Well, but right now, and it, and it comes down to how does that has this play out? I mean, right now, if you had a, and again, I don't usually try and recruit people over the air, although I do think that an awful lot of people would be better off uh, with PTI Securities as a brokerage firm than wherever they're at. But you know, that's your decision. But right now, if somebody, if if you had one of these three and a half percent mortgages, and I'll, I'll be macabre, uncle you never knew croaked, and sent you a check for two hundred grand, uh, I'm gonna say, right now today, I, this is not an investment advice. This is investment advice I could probably give on the air. Uh, you're way better off <laughs> coming to PTI or going to the Fed on your own and putting that. Two hundred grand in a in a T bill for five percent, then you are paying off your three and a quarter mortgage, aren't you? Oh yeah, for that uh, cheap money. Yeah, I mean, why 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 would you do that? Unless, of course, you you had a move or you're doing something, and you just want to pay the place off. But you would you would you would never do that. Why why would you do that? I mean, when, when you're talking, I mean, I, I wouldn't. I'm not saying about you know give it to Bernie, Bernie Madoff and make the difference. I'm saying if you can, That's if you, right. give it to you. Well, <laughs> you're not giving it to me. You're giving it to the federal government. Uh, I mean, you're giving it. You're giving it to me, and and, and we're going and, and to the auction for you. That's all we're doing. We're not. Okay. We're, you know. So I mean, but now if it was, you know, buying for, stock for somewhere the at this, record, l- folks, he's trustworthy. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, mean, I would never say. Don't pay off your mortgage. Instead, buy some stock. I mean, you're never going to hear me say that. Because, God, stocks can go down as well as up, right? Although it appears all they do is go up. Uh, but I'm saying there are, there, these, are, these are investment choices. Or you could go to probably one of the local banks and get a 5% CD for a year. You're better off doing that than paying the mortgage down if, if one's higher than the other, right? But these are decisions you should never have to make because it should never be like this. Mortgages should never bend 3.5%. Anyway... Kevin, we had, we'll, we'll talk more about the uh, the. Uh, no, everybody who's in the portal now can't play in, in the in the in the bowl games, right? Right, they're they're off their team. Do we have any kind of a count? I bet you can find out of how many people. Uh, in bo- I, I think we're up to about two thousand people counting. You know, counting lower level divisions. All right, so how many teams go to bowls? Half. Seems like it, doesn't it? <laughs> right, so we got 
a thousand people that can't p- play for the people going to the Bulls games, bowl games. Yeah, like you said, it's it's spring practice. We're we're working on next year. Um, yeah. You know, so all, all the freshmen who didn't play. I mean, one of the things you know, one of the NCAA rules is uh, for football, as long as you don't play more than uh, four games, you preserve eligibility. So, um, so for football purposes, anybody who hasn't played or hasn't played much this year, they can play in the bowl game as uh, conceivably as starters and play the whole game and preserve their eligibility. Uh, you know, for uh, if they want to use all four years. Um, so a lot of people are, you know, like I said, it's it's practice. It's just like spring practice, and the games are essentially like the spring football scrimmage that uh, you know that everybody has, and they sell tickets to it. Um, it interestingly, the uh, Sun Bowl, the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl, excuse me, uh, where Notre Dame is playing, sold out in a matter of hours. So uh, they're, they're still a draw. Um, but well, don't they? I mean, they make the schools buy the tickets, right? If they don't. Oh yeah, and Oregon State is very, very happy to be playing Notre Dame because there's a high demand for tickets, and so they can sell their tickets. What how many? What percentage of schools do you think have to bail out the uh, have to pay to go? I'm sorry, what? What percentage of the schools are going to have to eat the tickets essentially to pay to go? Oh, a whole bunch of them are going to have to eat. The, it's it, you know, it's just part of the it's part of the annual budget that goes in, where you know, bowl game is an expense. Good lord. We'll talk Friday. SP Futures up 8 and NASDAQ Futures up 30. Be right back. Professor Russell Rhodes. This self-directed trading is a lonely job. Online trading is not as easy as point and click. No, it's not. Everyone, even professionals, need to share ideas and think out loud every now and then. That's what I like about PTI Pro Direct. Their staff of former option floor traders really helps me choose the right strategy for trading option volatility and plan the time decay for my covered writing program. Yep, nothing can replace years of trading experience to stop you from making that dumb trade and for saving a few bucks. We've all been there and done that. <laughs> yeah, I have access to all that great trading advice and experience for just a penny a share for stocks, $1 for equity options, and $1 minimum a trade. Our clients at PTI ProDirect can call when they need a little help on a trade or just to talk about the market in general. We trade every day. We love this stuff. That's what I like most about PTI ProDirect. Cheap prices along with great advice from real floor traders. It's the best of both worlds. Tell your friends. That's PTIProDirect.com. PTIProDirect.com. Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, an owner of Home Source Realty and a frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks. If you're nervous about the stock market and considering diversification or are looking for a rate of return way better than your banks, consider adding rental properties to your portfolio. Whether it's a condo, single family, or multi-unit building, I can help you select a property that meets your financial needs. Call or text me at 708 349 3456, that's 708-349-3456, or visit my website at myhomesourcerealty.com. That's myhomesourcerealty.com. Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Something happening here. Well, Mark Bay, Stacks Jackson. Tomorrow, enter on the board. SP Futures up 750. NZ Futures up 2650. We've been not going anywhere here for the last few days. December has been uh, inside days just about everywhere. We see some rotational shift. 
On Friday, we had the big stacks down, the stacks up. And uh, yesterday, we had the uh, big stacks were back up again. We had Apple cross the $3 trillion mark, I heard this morning. Well, I haven't really verified that, but the professor, he'll verify everything. Professor, how are you? I'm doing okay. Happy Wednesday. Yeah, what do you make of all the crazy stuff we've been talking about the last few days? I, as I'm intrigued with the Stockman article, what do, you, what do you make of the insider trading thing in, uh, in Israel before the Hamas attack? Is, it, is that yet, yet another blow to the, the bloated bureaucratic regulatory system that can't seem to see anything? Well, yeah, yeah. It, it, it kind of confirms something a bunch of other people were saying, which was that the Israelis may have may have known this thing was coming. You know, maybe not to the extent, but there have been rumors that uh, there were signs that this thing was getting ready to happen. And if somebody traded ahead of it, then yeah, uh, some people inside Israel definitely do something. Well, the uh, from all the different people we've had on uh, the mm-hmm. show and all the stuff that people have sent me. I, and I'm, I'm actually some of the people on the show are way more conspiratorial than I am. I, I, I think again, boy, this is just a, a view from all the different cross currents I've heard. I think they expected something. They sent a little support. They were, they did, they whoever they are, didn't know the extent. Yeah, that's. I, I think you know they, they thought maybe something was coming, but they also felt whatever was coming wasn't going to have the impact that it had. I, I like to, I, I would like to believe that as well. Me too. I, I, I really can't. Because they, they were caught with their pants down and, you know, you just hate the whole thing, actually. I would, you know, I, I'm no, I've never been a fan of this Netanyahu guy, ever. Yet I can't, mm-hmm. I cannot accuse anybody, especially somebody who's, you know, supposed to be a religion that's close to, close to mine, uh, could just say we don't care if we lose women and kids. If I get the chance to go get these guys, I, I can't accuse the guy of that. I just I just can't. I, I, you know, we do accuse the other side of that. Well, I mean, I just I don't know. I just I just I, I can't do that. I, I mean, and that's one of the you know, it's, you know, one of the reasons that some people choose one side over the other um, is that yeah they there's an it, you know and the other thing if you're when you're fighting something yeah. You know, and I'm not saying that Netanyahu feels this way, but when you're in the middle of a war, um, you know, you, you, unfortunately, you may have to match the attitude of your enemy. I, I, I meant he wasn't going to sacrifice his people just to keep himself right. in office. I, I can't. Oh no, 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 no. I don't. I don't. I, don't, I refuse to believe that. As much as I mean, everybody knows my, my attitude. I don't even think Trump would have do. Would yeah, do I, I was just going to say, as much as everybody knows my attitude about Trump, when it actually came to blasting people. He had second thoughts. He, he's he's not, you know, he's he's not Hitler. He's he's not somebody who could care less. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think even he has realizes. Wait a minute, <laughs> that, that's not what we do, and it's not what I mean. Even he has a moral fiber, I believe, somewhere in there, somewhere in there. I mean, I, I have to believe that of most people. I, I I don't know. Maybe that's my religion talking. I don't know, but I have to think there's a mm-hmm. there's a piece of good in everybody, right? Uh, I'm just so anyway. Yeah, even the Grinch. Yeah. Well, the the Grinch had a little bitty heart, and then all kinds of nice things happened around him, and it got better. better. Well, remember, what so, was the what was the? Uh, uh, there was a little bit of good in there. Remember the uh, remember the, the the theme of that song that was uh, Lauren Green. Remember Johnny Ringo. I do not remember that. He were, were uh, he ended up uh, 
in the gunfight with the with the uh, with the, uh, the really bad guy, and he ended up shooting the really bad guy, and he knew the other guy was faster than him, and didn't just didn't want to kill him. And it was either even 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 in that guy there was a shred of good. That was the final mm-hmm. final line in the song. Anyway, we'll, we'll we'll dig it out one of these days. But I, uh, what did you think? That, that that can be my intro music. A shred of good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the uh, what? Well, of course, Long Green has a much better voice than me, but uh, or did have. Um, what what do you what do you make of this? Uh, I know I'm obsessed with this uh, Stockman article. What do you make of the the change? I'm going to say the policy since 2000 that he. I have been outlining that for years on the air. I never really put it together the same way he did regarding this 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 absolute degradation that's been done on purpose on schedule since 2000 where every year you drain more money in the system than you're supposed to. At the end of 23 years you've got the, the people making so much. I think his number was uh, if you're in the top 1%, if you didn't do anything you're up 20 million bucks on just wealth. If you're in the top uh, tenth of 1%, you're up $88 million a person in just wealth expansion, markets and, and real estate and, and bonds. And yet the people who work are only up some some ridiculously pittance of amount. It's like 250 bucks a year or something they've gone up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and his point is this this is not random. This is being done, has been being done on purpose. I guess he's been close enough to Washington. Who the hell, with all the people yelling back and forth at each other and Democrats and Republicans, what group could organize something like that over a 25-year period? I mean, if you get elected as a as a new representative for the Republicans... Well, it's the, people that, it's the people that are there for the whole time, and I don't think it's elected. If, you, if it's really something that's being engineered... It's being done by you know the, what is referred to as the deep state, which I think when they when they refer to the deep state, they're talking about career bureaucrats. Um, I don't know about that. I think they think there's there's influence outside the deep state. There's people that that you know there are. I, I think to be honest, I'm Russell. Sure, there are. I mean, I I, mm-hmm. I think to me, and I you know as you know, I I I try and talk to everybody I possibly can. Uh, I mean, I don't really care if, if, if the person's a truck driver, machinist, or economics professor. They know something I don't, and if I like talking to them, I'm going to try and learn from them, and if I can, uh-huh. if I can have a good time on top of it, I, I do. That's just me. Uh, I, I, the separation we're seeing in terms of the rich and the poor, I've, I've never seen anything like this. And, uh, I, uh-huh. you know, I hang around with... Uh, Hang around. I see a couple nights a week some attorneys and judge pals of mine, and some of them have done well, and their kids have done exceptionally well and married well, and they live up in like you know in Atkin those places. I'm going to say the hockey budget for one of their kids is <laughs> is is more than the average person on the South Side is making per year. Uh, it's, I thought you were going to say that the hockey budget for one of the kids is um, that seventeen nine, you know, number. Oh, it's, it's way higher. It's way higher than that. Way higher than that. Oh yeah, and I was like, and I was going to correct you on that one. Um, I mean, uh, we're not we're not even the the facilities. The, they, I don't think they even are ever going to meet a regular person. You know, unless it's at a hockey event or something. 
I mean, we're well, not, we're, we're this is this uh, my, is my. <clears throat> I don't know where you went. Hey there. Yep. You're coming in and out. Goodness gracious! I, there you I, go. It's gonna be funny if she's listening. Ah. Why am I? The little dog. The little do yeah. I mean, we are. The little dog must be stepping on the keyboard or something. No, I'm in it. Wherever you are, you we're getting like you, you get three words, and then you're off for thirty seconds. <laughs> um, you'd think I was in the third world. Oh, like, oh shoot! If you're in Indiana, you might be the third world. Do what? No, I'm. I'm in. I'm in Indianapolis, which is not the third world. Uh, well, some if you're below I eighty, you might be. Some yeah. people think so. So, uh, yeah, a lot of people think like that. So, I was talking about. Um, so, so my wife grew up in a, in a, a, a you know, an upper middle class household, and, and you know, everybody did pretty well. They didn't worry about money too much. And she's in the process of helping somebody start up a uh, gluten free bakery. Good for her. And, yeah, and, and they're they, they they're actually the reason I said she may be listening right now is they were up super early uh, buying supplies and stuff to get to work this morning. I, I, yeah, she was up she she was on the clock at six thirty this morning. Um, but she, you know they she's she's getting an hourly wage, and um, because she's working with one of her friends, they, 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 and she's not getting paid too terribly much, and she's putting in forty hours a week right now. And she looked at her one-week pay for 40 hours, and she was like, I couldn't live off of this. So, you know, if she was really on the south it, side, it she was... Just a, it was a startling... I was like... And she goes, she goes, I could... And I said, honey, most people live off of that. And and she she also has the... She's, of a, from, she's more liberal than I am. She has a very negative attitude about Trump and people who vote for Trump. And I, I, I use this as a teaching moment. said, honey, can you imagine if that's what you're trying to get by on? You're trying to get by on that for your whole family. Things continue to get more expensive. And you look around and, you know, they're letting people into the country. And I heard a ridiculous number with respect to what the cost was for immigrants that I haven't gotten to share with you yet um, in last year's federal budget. Uh, but you see all of that. And you don't see anybody taking care of you, and then you got this crazy guy that you've seen on TV that says, "I'm on your side." Blah, blah. Of course, you're going to vote for him. Um, you know? First of all, we—if she's going to work like she's from the South Side, she's got to. She, when she sees the check, she's got to say, "Say what?" And, and yeah, and then the next thing is, who is this fight, and, and what are they taking my money for? Well, I, the, uh, I mean, you and I know, and but, I, boy, I've my, my point, my point is, that, yeah, it, it kind of it, it reflected what you were just talking about. That, you know, you said that, that you know, the, the people in Winnetka with with the kid that's got the big hockey budget, they're never going to interact with the kind of people that, that you interact with, and I do too, because I, I, um, you know, I, based in Indianapolis for IU. And we have a different, you know, there, there are a lot of first-generation college students at the Indianapolis campus. So, you know, I, and, and I was one of those. So I, I, I get to interact with a wide variety of people. Um, the people up in Winneka don't. Um, my wife doesn't, doesn't really. But it was really neat to hear her perspective on all of that because, you know, she hasn't had to. She doesn't have to live off that check. Um, but, 
just her looking at it and going, oh my goodness, how, you know, how do people do this? I'm like, honey, you know, it's it's why you, you see a guy with a master's degree well, driving an Uber on the weekends. Russell, and, Russell, that's why that's why you're married to her because she looks at something and immediately thinks of 30, 30 other questions and how it gets the way it is. That's why she's got to be fun to be around all the time. Mm-hmm. Because she's always thinking, which is spectacular. I, I mean, I, I can just see it in your daughters, for God's sake. I, so I, I, I know what your wife has to be like. <laughs> yeah. I mean, everybody's yeah. questioning everybody, which, which which probably puts a pain in the ass on you, but that's okay. That's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to be able to no, answer it. No, no. Well, I, you know, I, 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 I've been around. I know a couple of things. Yeah, so, yeah. And I'm, and I'm happy to share the couple of things that I know. But you know what? And I, you know, I, I grew up on a red I put my self through college working a couple of jobs and you know and, and counting every dollar you know like that and she never really had to do that so it's just interesting that that she picked up on that when she saw the amount of her one week check well you know what getting old you know what getting old means this? you know what getting old means Russell mm-hmm. having the answers what? to the questions nobody will ever ask you what that's what getting old is that's what getting old is. Well, is. part of it is having the answers to questions people will never ask you. Oh, just knowing all kinds of stuff that you know, being just <laughs> nobody you know, cares. I, I, I nobody mean, cares whether you know it or not. Nobody's asking me the questions. Well, I, I guess now the, but what I've been waiting for you all week, since I've been going crazy on this article, is, and I was talking to Carl a bit about yesterday. What what if um, we as a society don't want this schism? We don't we don't want this. And, I, and I, I hope it doesn't go worse than what we're talking about. I, I hope it isn't. I mentioned yesterday that the my generation were, you know, the baby boomers were the World War II people's kids, basically. And uh-huh. in that group, there was a, a certain respect that went through economic strata. I mean, you, you might have had a welder that was a, a cruiser commander, and then a guy was, you know, was running the, the plant might have been a sergeant somewhere. So there was... There was respect among people, not from everybody. There were idiots back then. It's not like there weren't, but there was there was a, there was a respect across, let's say, economic lines. I don't know that I see that necessarily so much today, but but you and I, I think, and a lot of our listeners and a lot of people on the show, think that in the long run, if you're going to have a really good country, you don't want this massive schism. That you really want. A lot of people that are sort of in the middle. You don't want, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, you don't want to be like some societies used to be, you know, the nobles and the serfs, which we're sort of getting to be. If mm-hmm. if if we decide not to do that, we wherever we're in power, and we saw what's happened over the last twenty four years, and let's say it was on purpose most of the way, and now COVID just made it ten times worse. Which and I don't think people cause COVID on purpose, although maybe somebody's that conspiratorial uh, maybe China did so they could knock off all their old people I don't know but uh, what well, it was a shot the <laughs> if you and I were, were to, if, if somebody whoever is going to be president calls us up and say hey you two birds that are always talking on the show and you can bring Carl and Kevin with uh, if I'm going to have a 10 point plan that over the next 10 years to somehow erase this not erase it but kind of go back the other way what would we do different? What, what would I, I honestly think on, on the side of uh, on the business side, my my one tax 
plan would be one of my first things. I would make all corporations pay the same amount rate-wise as people. So you have a flat flat tax. No, no, I would I would make them say the same amount as people, but I would I would make uh, dividends deductible to the company. So you don't have these people massing trillions and trillions of dollars and never giving it to the shareholders. I'd, I'd like mm-hmm. to see some of that money shared with people because they are the owners. And I don't mm-hmm. I don't think we need the Warren Buffetts of the world with 90 bazillions of dollars and, or, or Microsoft. Fine, be a great company, make a lot of dough, but give it to the owners. I mean, I, yeah. Um, so that's one thing I would toss in. I, I think you got to get the money supply down to either the population growth or some combination of population growth and real growth, and not four percent mm-hmm. over it, where you just. And I don't know because I'm, I'm, what I'm worried about, Russell, is not necessarily where we are now. I don't like it, but the last time we got to this level was essentially the autumn of 1929. And I, I want to do it in a yeah, way no. where I, I want to do it in yeah, a way no. where we where we bring the bottom people up, but not have to crash the top people back down like happened in 29. I, I don't want that outcome, yet I think we need to move more toward the middle here somehow. And how, do you, how do we do it? You're oh, the professor. Yeah, I, we most definitely, yeah. yeah, no, we definitely need to... It, it's, there's going to be some real massive social problems in the future if the trend continues in two different directions like that. Um, you got to assume that there already are, and, and this is a. It, there's more than just two, but uh, there there really are two different experiences uh, of growing up in America. Uh, you know, either where'd you go? Uh oh, they took him out, Andrew. And Did somebody take you out? Nobody took me out. I'm right here. Oh, because we can't hear you. You there? Yeah, well, yeah, but we didn't hear the last 30 seconds. Can you hear me now? Uh, yeah, and then you go off again. I, uh, well, I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm sitting very still okay. to make sure all is well. Um, so, no, I, I was just saying that there's, like, two different Americas. That you know, there there's the the high end and the low end, and you're growing. It's not like there's a common experience growing up in America. I think 50 years ago there was a there was a common experience growing up in America. You know, some people were a little bit more wealthy than other people, and you know, maybe lived in a slightly bigger house. Um, but you all played on the same. Whatever equipment you have down there. We have to get you some new equipment. Or areas and they're less affluent areas, and you know, so that just not even in just the the lack of being around each other. Uh, I, I hate to say integration, but just the lack of uh, contact among the different classes is it's just it's gone. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I'm not. And so, but but then there's a lack of understanding, and then there's. Uh, you know, uh, you know, stickers all over downtown Chicago that say "Eat, eat the rich," you know. <laughs> um, and then you know, even it, I, I, my my favorite is when you see kids on college campuses who are extremely wealthy, uh, and you know, are talking about how unfair America is. Well, swap with one of those kids. Yeah, that, yeah, it's that's you know, on work study, and see what you think. Well, we have we have so many. 
horses' asses in this country. I mean, I, I, you know, I, I listen to some of these people on, on BBM a lot because I'm driving around a lot. And uh, there was a guy on a few weeks ago was talking about uh, global warming. And he was talking about how the, uh, in terms of you, you, the carbon footprint, how the, he took like the, I don't know how many, what, what percentage he was taking of, uh, of America, the people who are, you know, the Bill Gates of the world, people like that, that are all over this global warming, generally use like a thousand times more carbon than anybody else. <laughs> it's like, like, what, what do you do it? I mean, I mean, uh, the, the guy, the guy drive flying on his private jet has no business telling the guy next door he can't turn on his gas lawnmower in my, in my opinion, but Somehow these people seem to think they get to do oh, that. Oh, goodness. No. Yeah, that, I mean, and, and that's, you know, it, it, it doesn't help. You know, John Kerry being a, 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 you know, just a complete spoiled jackass uh, talking down to us about how we're living our lives, that, that doesn't work. He was, he was sculling at all. He was sculling bones. I, no, I know he was. One of the greatest lines. Uh, my mom, well, I missed it his day. She's been gone 16 yeah. years. Was uh, explain to me how in this country, God, I can't even imagine if she was alive when Trump was running against uh, Biden. Imagine why in this country of 310 million people, which I think we had at the time, do we have two guys running for office that were C students and both lied naked in a coffin looking up at dead animals? <laughs> I go, which I guess is the initiation for skull and bones or something along those lines. From what I understand, I, I, I'm going. I, I, I just can't explain it. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't even. Would I, you even call these guys even? I don't even know these guys are even C students, are they? No, I. You know, the thing is, well, what kind of student? You know, it doesn't matter. What matters is what kind of student would they be now? Well, Think you know, about that one for a minute. Well, I, you know, I just. I really well, think about that one right now. I. I yeah, I would love to put Trump. This this should be the first round of debates. Um, put put all the major candidates on. Um, who are you smarter than a fifth grader? And if they aren't, they they, they can't move forward. They have a. I will say, <laughs> but the thing of it is, though, you got, you have to you have to define smart. Um, and, and well, you know, well, I, I, no, I, I I know what you mean by that. But I just uh, the cognitive abilities. Uh, they're they're not there. But there's a you know, especially, but they, especially with one of them. But I don't think so with both of them, just because of age. I would uh, I would say, uh, well, we'll talk about this a little more after the break. It, I use the t- I'll use the term skill set, mm-hmm. and it it was it's like uh, and this is good for you as a professor. Uh, one of the the greatest things I remember about my classes with George Stigler, Nobel Prize winning behavioral economist. Is when somebody in, somebody in class, because of course they're all business guys, right? Well, no, he had a few business guys in his class because he was an economics professor. But a couple mm-hmm. of us snuck over, and somebody would raise his hand: "Is why don't they run politics? Run like a business? The usual? You couldn't run a company like that? Blah blah blah. You couldn't run a house like that? Well, a lot of that's actually BS. But but that's uh, and, and George said, well, he goes, it is run like a business. It's run like the business of politics." And you just don't understand it. <laughs> now, is that accurate or not? I think we've. I think we have some insights into it, and the the business of politics is continuously getting reelected. 
Well, I'm saying... It, <laughs> That's the, let's go back to... I don't know if he's the most despicable person that ever lived, because that's a big... Would you say Hitler was worse than Stalin or Paul Pot? They're all kind of in the same group. I think they're all in the same kind of group. Yeah. I think they both had the, uh, the... I think there's a similar undescribable affliction to people like that that we just can't... And it was the guy, Le- Leopold of somebody, somebody to kill off. Anyway, but I mean, yeah. you can't... I uh, have, have become somewhat fascinated... Not with Hitler necessarily, but the entire economic event in Germany since the end of <laughs> World War One, because I think a lot of it was caused by the Treaty of Versailles. Uh, but the uh, anyway, but the whole idea that out of that huge mess that was Germany in the late twenties, leading up to the early thirties and him getting in power in thirty two mm-hmm. or whatever, the place was an absolute bleephole. There were all kinds of oh, gangs, gangs running yeah. around the streets. And all of a sudden, this guy came out of there as the leader. Now, you know, brutality, had his goons, had all that kind of stuff. I don't know that the man had any kind of intelligence, but you can't say he doesn't have a skill set. Same thing with Trump. I mean, I, I'm, no, I'm no fan of the man. There's only been, what, 48 presidents, and he's one of them. Anybody who gets there has a skill set of knowing people, knowing what people want I saw yeah. some films of uh, of uh, Hitler. One of them, I, I'll never forget it. He was visiting uh, some guy. There was some blow up in a sub plant or something, something. So some guy's burned like all over his body, right? So Hitler shows up. It's it's filmed. The guy tries to do the, the Sig Heil thing with his burned arm. Hitler mm-hmm. immediately, without backing up or something like some idiot would do, grabs the guy's burned hand very gently puts it down, and salutes the other guy. And I'm sitting there going, Bill Clinton could learn from that. Yeah. I mean, the dude was on every week. He he embraced radio, much like Roosevelt did. Hmm. He embraced radio before any of the knuckleheads that were running against him. He got to the people. He was a great speaker. He he talked directly to everybody. Now, in in the back of his mind, the guy's a a friggin' lunatic and, and, you know, a savage. (laughs) But the fact is... You you cannot. One of the guys I was watching this thing, and the dude was talking about, because if somebody would have bumped Hitler off, like two nights before he invaded Poland, there is no question he'd have been considered the greatest ruler to, uh, ruler of the 1930s. He got Germany out of out of a, out of the their their depression, which is way worse than ours, faster mm-hmm. than any faster than any other country on earth. Oh, I, you know, just, it's going to sound like I'm completely deviating on you, but I swear I'm not. Um, With all the stuff that's been going on where there are all these people on college campuses that are, you know, supporting, supporting Gaza and supporting Hamas and, and that sort of thing uh, to, to, you know, shed a little light on um, some of the Ivy League campuses. I saw uh, most admired man in 1932. (laughs) surveys at campuses and it was like Hitler was uh, Hitler was in first and Roosevelt wasn't he was like in third I don't know who yeah. was between them um, I've forgotten who was between them it might have been Eleanor Roosevelt <laughs> before Roosevelt I, can't, I, I don't I, I don't think it would have been Stalin or somebody like that yeah it was Hitler was number one with like a third of the votes yeah uh, but and he I mean he, he but, the whole world was going to, you know, his country was going to pot, and he managed to prop it up 
uh, and you know, got to show it off to the world during the 32 Olympics. And when you're, you know, when, when you're living in a soup line and you see that, of, of course, you're like, you know, maybe, uh, maybe we need a guy like that over here. Well, he started stealing money from the Jewish people when, like 1934, 33, to mm-hmm. finance a lot of this. I mean, again, I, I, I will never say anything good about the man other than to say, don't ever assume these people don't have a skill set. As my oh, un- yeah, no, they have a skill set. As my uncle used to say, yeah. whenever I walked out on the basketball court of the football field, he said, never underestimate your competition. Yeah. And I don't um, I don't think it was Hitler. I think it was Goebbels. That did what? He, that engineered everything. Wasn't he the... Uh, yeah, but it was... Uh, Hitler's yeah. name... He was, minister, he was the Ministry of Information. There's, like, Hitler there's was, always a guy behind the guy. Hitler's you know, like name... Carbill and people like that. But Hitler's name was never on any order about any of the concentration camps ever. Yet, everybody knows it was his, his doing. He wrote about it in his book, for God's sake. Yeah. Like I said, the, you know, something that needs to be taken care of. Yeah, in, yeah. words, not... Well, yeah, but I mean, he... Let's put it this way. Well, he, he sure could have stopped it if he wanted to. He didn't. It was all, it was all his doing. But he, you're right. If, if, if they would have won the war, he would have said, what do you mean? This was never me. My guys. <laughs> But, yeah. but okay, come on. We're not that stupid, I don't think. SP Futures now at 15. As if he's up 7, you come back here to tell us how far the market's going to go. Um, if we're right back on the Fed to this creep, creep, creep on asset prices, I think we are. That's why I've got my people pretty long, although it hasn't worked out the last two days, maybe today. Be right back, Stocks and Jacks. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to factor in the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other life decision. Your brain is smarter than your gut, and that's why you owe it to yourself to read Luckbox. We've made it easy because Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with timely, actionable trading ideas and equips you with savvy investing tactics you don't already know all while exploring how to live your best life through music spirits food sports travel fitness and a whole lot more luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on controlling their financial futures it's for overachievers and alpha types who don't buy into wall street's investment gurus it's for mavericks who believe in life luxury and the pursuit of happiness it's for you smart investors don't bet on possibilities they play the probabilities luckbox is 7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Hello, this is Tom Howard, the Chief. We've talked a lot on the show about risk and suitability, about how your portfolio should match your age, income, and risk appetite. It's been hard for investors to maintain that suitability in the last several years due to a Fed strategy that has driven interest rates to virtually zero. You may have even heard that the Fed was trying to drive conservative investors to a riskier portfolio on purpose, for whatever reason. I'm sure you're aware of investors that took some increased risk, such as longer-term fixed-income securities, and are now unhappy with that choice. At PTI, we've always stressed total portfolio risk awareness and tried to minimize chasing returns in a tough environment. Well, now it looks like maybe interest rates are moving more towards historical levels. Everyone needs to be aware of what that continued movement might do to your portfolio, both good and bad. We also have a stock market that seems to have stalled, at least for the short term. I think it's time for everyone to take a serious look at their goals, their risks, and their portfolios. Do they match? If not, we can help. We have a signature protected index program. We have ways to hedge against interest risk. We can make that portfolio right for you again. Go to PTISecurities.com or call us right now. The market can change very rapidly. That's PTISecurities.com. Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control.
control here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Hello and we're back, Stacks and Jacks. I'm now entering the board. SP futures up 15 now. NASDAQ futures up 7. We're building some some big mo here, some momentum. Dow futures up 56 over in Europe. We've got these guys, uh, they regain their footing. DAX back to a re- record high. We're supposed to be, right? We're always supposed to go up. DAX up 91.6%. I hope we do go up because they got everybody pretty long. FTSE up 37.5%. CAC around up 43.6%. Um, we've got Asia. And again, uh, Russell's our Asia guy, and he's going to have to opine here on what's going on on the Chinese markets. Nikkei up 670, is 2%. They moved down this week, but they are, uh, it's you know, it's a 2% gain. It's a big gain. Hang Seng up 135, but still mired in the mid-16,000s. 16,463. Shanghai down 3 to under 3,000, 29,68. i got to believe that's a low of the year. If not, it's, it's pretty close. Uh, so the Chinese stuff is not good. The word we heard the other day from the Evergrande is even worse. Uh, anyway, it's not, not the way they want to go over there. Dow down 79 yesterday. Uh, S&P down 2. NASDAQ cover was up 44. So a very slow mixed day. Bonds unchanged 4.17. Bund unchanged 2.23. Japan uh, down 4 basis points, 0.63. Again, the labor numbers are this Friday. They weren't last Friday, even though it was December 1st. So we'll have our normal Friday show with Caroline going through those numbers. Uh, oil down 55 cents, 71.77. Brent uh, down 62 cents, 76.58. Uh, natural gas down up three cents, 274. Arbob down two cents, two, uh, 208. Um, we've got gold uh, bouncing back here, t- up 1070, 2047. After that, we're also going to ask Russell about that. What happened Sunday night? The gold up 26 to down 50. Silver unchanged at 24.55. Copper up two cents, two eighty-one. Uh, we've done some stuff. We're trying to get along some copper. I don't know. It's the one that hasn't uh, necessarily participated. But whether that's the good idea or not, we'll we'll let you know. Uh, crypto, Bitcoin up another four hundred seven, forty-four thousand zero six nine. Might as well bid up stuff that's worth nothing. Uh, the U.S. dollar is is about as unchanged as it can get. With the euro at one hundred seven nine and the British pound at one twenty-five eight, one twenty-five nine. Sorry. Uh, Andrew, what do you got for us? Traffic weather sports. All right, it is Wednesday, December 6th, currently at 7.42 here in Chicago. I'm uh, going to start off with a little bit of sports, just some hockey. Yesterday, the Blackhawks lost to the Predators 4-3. to But moving over to Chicago weather, it is currently 33 degrees. We've got cloudy skies right now. We're going to have a high of 39. It's going to hit around 2 p.m. Over in Phoenix, they are currently at 54 degrees. they got clear skies, and they're going to have, they're going to have a high of 82. It's going to hit around 4 p.m. Now, finally, for Chicago traffic, we have a lot more red than we did in our first hour. Uh, if you're looking on the outbound, you had a little bit of uh, congestion on the Eisenhower near Central Avenue. Uh, but other than that, outbound's looking pretty good. Inbound, red as always, though. There is an accident to report on the uh, inbound Bishop Ford. That's near Stony Island. Uh, looks like a car is in a ditch around there, so that's uh, slowing things down a little bit, but not not too bad, it looks like. I think the worst of it you're going to get is going to be right on the inbound Kennedy and right on the Stevenson near Harlem Avenue. So that's all I got. Back to you, Chief. I'm sure they're finishing up work on the Kennedy today, huh? Not oh, exactly. Yeah. And we'll see if that actually happens. Yes, yes, we'll see about that, we'll see, we'll see about that one. Um, Russell, what, uh, 
What's going on in China? Markets keep going down. Did you see the uh, yesterday afternoon Moody's put them on a, a, a negative credit watch? Um, they did. They how? Did. how they, I guess mm-hmm. the question is, how far can they wobble before? Right now, nobody seems to care. They're they're, in, they're entwined enough with other people's stuff. At what level do we have to care? I see. I. I I don't think it's I I, I don't think it's going to be great for us when they implode, and I do think they're going to implode much sooner rather than later. Uh, they've just got too many pro- there's too, too many problems, and I really believe that she coming over here and trying to make nice with us, um, I, I think that you know just kind of is an indication that they've really got some problems over there. And I know a bunch of our business people showed up, which you know, it on the surface infuriates me. But in you know, like Tim Cook was in the room from Apple, but Apple is still moving operations over to India, <laughs> so nothing really, you know, nothing really changed. I think a lot of businesses are quietly uh, trying to divest themselves as as quickly and as quietly as possible to divest themselves to supply chain exposure to China. But they're not being super vocal about it because the Chinese can be vindictive. You know, you don't, you know, you, it, it's, I know it's kind of like if you set everything up and, and have everything in place, you come home and say, honey, I want a divorce. And, you know, after the ensuing fighting and everything, you've already got a place that you've moved, that you've moved all your stuff into. <laughs> you know, you're, you're playing along. Not, and I, that's what I think a lot of people are doing with China right now is they're playing nice because they don't. Uh, want any blowback until they've got everything in place where they just don't have to rely on them as much as they used to. And that might get accelerated uh, if things really start to, to hit the fan in China because uh, their economy is just completely messed up. What um, I've, I've got a way to put it. And it's, it's worse than it ever was here, and it's about real estate. And the difference is in China versus in the U.S., is in China when you buy a house, you put a down payment down and you start making mortgage payments and they start building it. And they stop building those houses. And so people have stopped paying on them. Um, and that was like a third of their economy. But also when a developer builds a new ha- builds a new property, they pay a giant fee to the local government and that's the biggest source of funds for local governments. So, you know, they're not only uh, is a third of their economy kind of coming to a halt, but the biggest portion of tax revenues for the local governments who uh, the local governments are told what to do by the central government, uh, but they're not necessarily given the money to do it. It's like they have to go find the money. So things that she wants to do won't get implemented, but he'll probably be lied to because he ain't going out to all the different provinces to see what's going on. Fine. Uh, so this, the, it's a house of cards with a lot of people not acknowledging either for, you know, because they don't know any better uh, at the really high end or at the low end where they're just afraid to report on how things are really going. And it's just all going to – I really do expect to wake up one morning and, and the financial markets are just absolutely getting creamed because of something that came out of China. What um, – is it uh, – two questions. One is – I've got the uh, major foreign holders of uh, U.S. debt, and uh, of course I've got so much stuff going on my computer here, it's just died on me, but uh, China is like number two. 
They own like eight hundred and fifty mm-hmm. some billion dollars. Though we've had some. They were number one, weren't they? They were number one. They were ahead of Japan for a while, but now they've snuck behind. Japan is over a trillion dollars. And uh, let me, we can, I'll get the thing up here. But there's another. Uh, I got uh, Japan at uh, a trillion one. I've got China mainland at eight twenty one eight. United mm-hmm. Kingdom is at six sixty two. All others five ten, which means oil companies, right? Because they didn't Saudi Arabia in nineteen seventy three. We cut a deal in the embargo where we we're gonna let them buy U.S. Treasuries, or they would agree to buy U.S. Treasuries if we never said if we never listed how much how many they have. Wasn't that the deal we made? I I don't know, but that that does sound like something we may do at some point. It, it sounds idiotic, but something we would do, right? Yeah. Um, what did I, Churchill What did Churchill say? You could always count on the Americans do the right thing after they've tried everything else first. <laughs> yeah. Um, the other one here, though, is uh, has to do with dollar-denominated uh, Chinese debt. It says, uh, "Is in default on a trillion dollars in debt to U.S. bondholders." This is from the Hill, uh, whatever how that who writes that thing. Uh, mm-hmm. But and I've not, you can't find a list of this anywhere. I don't think. I mean, if it's BlackRock, if it's regular, if it's regular people. Uh, uh, there, there's gold-denominated stuff. Uh, you ever a group called uh, American? A private group of American citizens holds a large quantity of these gold-denominated bonds. This citizen-led group, the American Bondholders Foundation serves as trustee with power of attorney for some 20,000 bondholders whose bonds are valued at well more than a trillion. I haven't heard of those guys, have you? No, I've never heard of those guys. Yeah. You know what? Our friends who run a family office, they may be, because that, that, that sounds like somebody that would deal with a bunch of family offices. Oh, yeah, I mean, how, but how do you, you, you how, know, how, how, do, how does, how does, how does a schmuck like me, talking to people who are supposed to know all this stuff, I don't see how I could ever have known in 2007, 2008, the volume of the borrowing in Japan of people at 2% and pouring it in loan portfolios here, mortgages at 6.5%. Unless I, I, I was privy to those numbers like only the Fed would be or the Treasury, how would I have any idea that... I read some articles at the time, and it was interesting. Somebody wrote this article, some guy from Hong Kong or someplace, some economist, and he wasn't Caucasian, said in his estimation there were $35 of, of uh, debt collateralized, you know, crapo that ended up going south on every dollar of an actual mortgage. And I'm reading it going... Yeah, I, I, I like, remember hearing that number. And then when... What was the... Was it Barclays? Was it... Barclays had a unit in... in uh, was it Barclays? The bank didn't go under, but they had some... Some sub went under. And I think they found that the thing... The, the, the debt was 32 times whatever the amount of mortgages they had. It was This guy was almost exactly right. But you, but you never know... I mean, how... I mean, you get around more than me to, to put it bluntly how the hell would you ever if I were to say okay you're right this China is going to blow up in six months I don't even think you're capable of saying here's the top 10 banks I want to short or the top 10's place I mean I, I, how does anybody know where it is I mean I, I was stunned yeah. at some German bank I never heard of because we did some lecturing over in Germany before I went to some of the banks some mid-sized bank in Germany 
they got their ass kicked on, on U.S. mortgages. How would you, how would you even dream that those guys were were part of the mess? I you wouldn't have, you know. But but you can. Uh, I I don't have it with me right now, but uh, there is a way on Bloomberg that you can see who who holds different stuff. Um, I did it with the Evergrande bonds a while back, where I went and looked at, at you know who happened to have that exposure. Did you uh, remember who it was? Uh, not off the top of my head, no. It was it it it, it was um, it, some of them were uh, were pension funds in the U.S. I do remember that. That doesn't surprise me. Yeah, like the Calpers, so, the Calpers so, and stuff. Yeah. I, I don't want to say Calpers by name, but I just remember that um, I heard about one pension fund that was that, that was very concerned about their Evergrande exposure, and I was like, "Wow, I should go look at." And then I, uh, you know, I dug out the other one. So you can dig out the holders. Uh, the data may be a little bit stale, but um, I, I, I scribbled down check gold bonds while you were talking uh, when I get into the office today. <laughs> just to see if well, I these were these were these started in '49, but so they've been around a while. But what uh, if if let's say there's a trillion dollars in dollar-denominated Chinese debt, there must be uh-huh. some must be some euro-denominated as well, right? I would guess. Oh, I'm sure. All right, so they've been trying to get away from us, so I'm I'm almost sure. yeah. All right, so let's say whoever is the the now when we say dollar-denominated, that means it didn't come through the normal. I won't say the Chinese government, but the people, you didn't have to buy. At one point, the Chinese government, this is a few years ago, right, said we, uh-huh. we're, we're too over leveraged as it is. We don't want people borrowing more money. So they wouldn't allow you or me to send money over there, flip it into their currency, and invest. So what people did, they went around the dictum and essentially said, just lend me the money in dollars, I'll worry about it. On this, then I'll pay you interest in dollars. Correct? Isn't that, uh-huh. what, isn't that what the name dollar-denominated Chinese debt means? Yeah. The, the loan was made in dollars, not in the Chinese currency. Right. So, if there's a trillion dollars out there, and all hell breaks loose, like you seem to think it might, what does that mean? Half of it's no good. A third of it's no good. All of it's no good. I. What? Well, once you get down that I rat hole. You know, I, 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 unfortunately, I would say, and, and typically, it, the, the the average number that gets thrown out there is that you'll get thirty percent recovery when a, you know when when something like this happens. Um, I, I think you get nothing and like it. All right. So let's say, let's be nice and say seven hundred billion is mm-hmm. is toast over a period of six months. Now, does that mean that the people who have it have already been writing it down, already been aware it's going to be gone? Are going to be able to survive, and we'll all get out of this together. Does it mean somebody here well, is totally blind, and all of a sudden five banks go under, or three pension funds say we can't write checks? Or, I mean, how do you how do you even know the ramifications? You would have to uh, you'd have to look at let, let you know. Let's just say that I'm, I don't even I'll just say ABC Bank. Um, let's say we see ABC Bank has a has big exposure to um, there's. Evergrande's a big one, but there's a bigger one, and I can't think of their name right now. That that's probably going to end up going belly up as well. But now, uh, before, before you get, sorry for interrupting, but, but no bank here. Mm-hmm. That that debt is not going to be good capital on a bank. So, you no, well, be, that's that's where I was yeah, going. Yeah. Is what I was going to say is you have to see. You you, you got to do a little detective work. So you, you you look at one of these bonds and you see, holy crap. 
ABC Bank owns 10% of these. And then you go and you look at ABC Bank's last financial reports. And uh, you look at, you know, what are they saying they have asset-wise relative to uh, what is the market value of what they're saying they're having asset-wise and, and, you know, see if you can find a disconnect there. But that would never that's be... How you, that's, how you would have, that, that's how you would have figured out the Silicon Valley Bank thing. Right, but, but the... You know, and it's, it, so it's the same thing. It, it's kind of the same thing. My assumption is you've got to be writing these things down because they have a... Uh, you know, just because the the market price is so is material is so low compared to where it was. But I mean, you're not you're not going to get pick a name Fifth Third Bank. Fifth Third Bank is not going to have a Chinese bond on their balance sheet that's considered good capital. The only thing that's considered good capital. Right, well, you just got you, you want to make sure. But I mean, that's where I was going. Is the, you want to make sure that 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 they're you know that they have written it down as it should be, and so you got to do a comparison of of what you know what is reported that they own at you know the end of a quarter and uh what do they say it's worth at the end of the quarter just to make sure everything's on the up and up see i, I would i would guess that especially after silicon valley bank are, are gonna make sure you know are, are digging a little deeper into uh what's being reported as assets at banks i, I would guess that your your first statement is spot on it's going to be pension funds insurance funds people who were chasing mm-hmm. he, chasing yields when there weren't any here it's going to be insurance companies, pension funds, maybe investors, and I don't want to use the name, but maybe investors of someplace like BlackRock who have a lot of, of you know, they have a lot of uh, connections oh, yeah. there. Yeah. I, mean, I, don't, I mean, I could say categorically there's nobody at PTI that's got stuff like that. I don't even know how we'd get it for them. Mm-hmm. Nor do I want to learn, to be honest with you, after talking to you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but but I, you know, I'm saying is I don't know. Are our regulators going to be stunned by this when it happens? They go, God, we never knew those guys had problems there. What do, you know, what do they do all day? Was where I started the, you know, I mean, it's, um, you know, as we talked about the, you know, Israeli puts and shorted stocks before the, you know, the invasion. Uh, you know, I, you, you, everybody thinks that this is all, it's all okay. That if, you know, BlackRock gets a five billion dollar hit, they're all right. And maybe they are. If Calpers, that's saying they're even involved, but somebody owns the crap, basically, right? Somebody owns a trillion dollars in this stuff. Yeah, yeah, and and a lot of it is different pension funds. Um, and it's, and it's not. It wasn't Calpers. It was yeah. It, it was it was pension fund. It was pension funds that maybe didn't know better. Well, people chase return. It was, it, you know, it wasn't like big state funds. It was a bunch of different municipal funds, if I remember. You know, okay. It, it, so you, you you threw Calpers out there a few times. It wasn't them. It was ones. It was just a you know a potpourri of a bunch of different ones. Russell, I got We only have a couple of minutes, and this is a, try not to get too involved on this one. If you even know the answer, uh, in Illinois, which you know, obviously you're home here for a long time. Uh, the, the city of Chicago has their own, this is what's kind of screwed up and actually shouldn't happen in Chicago, in my opinion, but Chicago teachers, Chicago police, they have their own pension funds. Chicago, yeah. you know, uh, whatever, the streets and sand, those people have their own pension funds. But the, the rest of the people in the state, like where I grew up in Evergreen Park, they kick it to the state pension fund. And the state runs yeah. it for all the other little municipalities, which makes it even more bizarre, is even though the people of Chicago take care of their own police fire and stuff, they still contribute, they, meaning me, as a citizen here, contribute to the, the ones from the rest of the people in the state, even though we have our own, which 
I think basically sucks, but that you know it's not my call. Uh, mm-hmm. Now, would so there really aren't any small pension funds in the state of Illinois. There's Chicago, and then there's the rest. Um, right. That's, what about what about what about what about other states? I mean, is, is Indiana the same way, where all the little places kick it to the state, or they all they manage their own stuff? I don't really know, but I just know that there are some states where, like you know, the county firefighters have their own pension fund. I think Pennsylvania is a state like that where they all get their I, own. That was the state that was in the. I I, I hate to throw that out there if, if I'm not 100 percent sure, but that was the state that I was thinking of. I'm going to tell you that the, the, the Allentown keeps keeps popping into my mind, and I don't know if it's because of the song or no. <laughs> what, but I feel like that was one of them. I uh, actually ran into a guy one night, and I, and I figured not literally with my truck, but I, mm-hmm. I did I did buy a truck in Rhode Island. I was driving it back. The stupid stuff I do. And I stop in this place in Clarion, Pennsylvania. If you ever drive to New York, New Jersey, and those places, stop at the Holiday Inn Express in Clarion. They got a great bar, good food. If you get the coupon, it's like eighty bucks a night, other, other than like two hundred if you don't have the coupon. This is this is a while ago. It, the bar has got all kinds of people that you just love to talk to. And I ended up talking to a guy who was a city. They're all big on city managers in Pennsylvania, evidently. Mm-hmm. And he was a city manager in like one or two towns. And he was on the board and like three or four others. Really bright guy. Uh, and he was saying the difference is, is how uneven they all are. He goes, some some city, and it's not that big, will manage their money exactly like they're supposed to. They'll get somebody to do the pension fund. Whatever they need to put in there, they put in there. It's in a very, you know, it's a conservative fund. They're making some dough and, you know, it's not crazy. And they're, they're in the town right next door. It seems like, the, he goes, these idiots couldn't add. They, they they never put in enough that they that they that they should have. They gave people bonuses their last year. Didn't even realize the ramifications of that because they because it all because they never put in enough to cover that. And they're and they're like sixty percent funded. And they're, and they're right next door to the guys that are doing it right. So from what this guy told me, what you're saying, I get the feeling there's a lot of them in Pennsylvania because they're doing their own. Yeah, I I, for, I you know I'm, 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 I'll, I'll check it when I get it. I'll send you some. I'll, Maybe right, send you a little screenshot of who owns those things. Hey, thank you very much. Uh, by the way, are we going to get a little, some samples from this bakery? Um. Oh yeah, Swedish Girl Bakery will. Uh, I, I I will bring you some stuff because I'm also going to bring a daughter okay. in a week or two when she's home from college. Are they? Are they she's making? She's really bummed that we didn't come down Thanksgiving. So are they going to do? Uh, are they making like uh, vegan pasta and stuff too? No, not vegan pasta. It's it's just all total. It's 100 gluten free stuff. And uh, the science behind baking stuff gluten-free, you bake it, and then it has to sit for almost a week before really? it's finally, yeah, so it's a, it's a process. Oh, God. All right, bud. Have a good- think, think about managing food inventory like that. It's oh, a process. Uh, yeah. yeah, you want to do it without mice. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> S&P futures up 20, NASDAQ futures up 112. Russell, have a great week, buddy. Stay in touch. Back tomorrow, yeah, Stocks and Jacks. Stocks and Jocks is brought to you by PTI Securities and Futures. Go to PTISecurities.com. PTI Pro Direct. Trade for as low as a penny per share and a dollar per option contract. Learn more at PTIProDirect.com. Nadex. Offering an intuitive way to trade the financial markets. Visit Nadex.com. Home Source Realty. Call Audrey Johnson at 708-349-3456.
Hamzi Analytics. Listen to Fari Hamzi every other Thursday and visit HamziAnalytics.com. Cairo Med. Back or neck pain? Schedule a complimentary consultation by calling 708-403-2727. DAX Research. Tune in for David Andelman's technical analysis on Mondays and Thursdays and call 1-800-821-4968.